What happened was I was a gay child who lived in the woods. Welcome to We Can't Print This, a podcast telling the story you don't know behind the story you do. My name is Eden Don, and mine is Fiona McCann. Every week, we interview a writer of some kind about the stories behind their stories. And if you like our podcast, please do us a favor and send it on to a friend who you think would like it too. Or you can support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash we can't print this. That's right. And this week, we are a little bit thrilled to welcome our former co-worker, Connor Reed. Connor! Connor was the arts and culture editor for Portland Monthly, where he developed quite a name for himself around these parts with his sharp pop culture analysis on music and films. But then we lost him, and nowadays he is based in New York City, writing for the storied Publishers Weekly as a reviews editor, covering mysteries, thrillers, true crime, and memoirs. And we miss him. We miss that kid. We do miss him. Did we maybe develop this whole podcast so we could talk to Connor again? A little bit. <laughs> Possibly. A little bit. Possibly. And we're going to tell, well, I guess this whole episode is about one of our favorite Connor stories that we got to hear the genesis of. That's true. And it is very much related to a little thing I like to call juvenilia. Juvenilia. You say it's so sexy. I don't. It's because I don't know how to say it. So I feel if I just do a funny voice every time. Is it is it juvenilia or juvenilia? I don't know. I don't care. Juvenilia. See, these are the things that keep me awake at night. Juvenilia. The things we wrote when we were young, and by God, did we ever. I don't think there's a writer out there who doesn't have a slew of bad poems in their attic, or perhaps in ashes, who can say. So many bad poems. And also, Connor talks to us about writing a play. Fully um, a play. Fully a play. But we do have a treat for everyone, because... <laughs> Is it a treat, though, Eden? It's a treat, you and I were talking about our bad poems and we both dug up a bad poem from around our tween years to read to each other. Correct. Are you ready? Well, and to point out, Connor's juvenilia is from he was, what, 11, 12 years old, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go first? I, uh, I don't know. I, because I kind of think yours is better because in my defense, Eden was like two years older than me when she wrote this one. Okay, so, um, well, I don't think it is, but here you go. Do it. I was 13, I believe. Uh, and this is called Red Emotions. <laughs> I really think this is a poem you could have written today, Eden. This is offensive. Okay. <laughs> Red is a deep hurt from long ago. How long? I was 13. I don't know. That I tell only my best friends. Red is the fiery personality that I have when it comes out. Ooh. Red is the embarrassment that I have when at me someone shouts. What? I like that syntax. Thank I you. love that. Red is when I blush. That is from a boy saying I'm nice. Red is a disaster that happens when you don't take good advice. Thank you so much by Eden Dawn. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank that you. was so amazing. I feel like it was profound. It's I, so good. I try to think about how the author used color as yeah. a metaphor in that poem. Okay, now you're up. Let's oh not, my God, no, no critiques. Okay, so I remember, this is obviously just, just before. I was probably on the cusp of emotion, but hadn't quite gotten there. And I also hadn't realized. This is a lot of exposition. Get I'm to writing. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying also, it was at that time where I thought every poem had to rhyme 
in a diddly 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 dee diddly diddly dee way. This is my Keatsian poem inspired by nature and my love thereof. It's my ode to a Grecian urn. Mm-hmm. It is my seasons of mist. <laughs> okay, fine, I'll read it. The snail. Can I say when it was written? Because the date is right there. Yes. It's written on the 15th of April, 1985. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. At sunset, when the night dews fall, out of the ivy on the wall, with horns outstretched and pointed tail, comes the grey and noiseless snail. On ivy stems she clambers down, carrying her house of brown. Safe in the dark, no greedy eyes can her tender body spy. Am I the snail? I don't know. Anyway, while she herself, a hungry thief, searches out the freshest leaf, she travels on as best she can, like a toppling caravan. This is what 11-year-old knows clambers. I mean, that's all I know. I probably, I don't even think there was ivy in my life or any <laughs> snails. I don't know where I got this from, but there is an illustration with this of a toppling snail. Did you see this, Eden? Look at this. Amazing. Well, we will make sure and put these on the website. And with that embarrassment, we should get on to Connor's masterpiece. Yes. Much better than ours, in fairness. It is. Fiona, we have a new sponsor on the show today. Yes, and we're totally chuffed because it's Betsy and Aya, which anyone who knows me knows I spend 99% of my life in their earrings, and I have three of their signature bridge-inspired cuffs, and it's all designed and made here in Portland. I have been writing about and wearing and obsessed with Betsy and Aya's ready-to-wear jewelry since they started in 2008, and now they also make gorgeous fine jewelry, including custom pieces, and Betsy actually designed the Leo Constellation wedding rings that my husband and I wear. Yes, and now you can support both our podcast and this rad family business by shopping with them through our special fancy link, which is betsyandaya.com forward slash we can't print this, I'm going to spell it for you, B-E-T-S-Y-A-N-D-I-Y-A dot com forward slash we can print this because you can probably spell that bit. Use that special URL to automatically get 11% off your order of ready to wear, but do not sleep on that fine jewelry either because it is good. Connor, it's That's great cool. to have you here. It's I'm great so to be excited here. to talk to you because I really miss you. But We also- miss you so much. As we have both said, you're one of the best writers we ever know. But it turns out you've been practicing your art for quite some time, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell and me maybe more. Maybe I haven't always been uh, operating at the level I currently am. <laughs> <laughs> or were what you operating do at you a mean? higher level and before? That's, that's the question, is it not? Yeah. The mm-hmm. eternal question. What happened was I was a gay child who lived in the woods. True story. <laughs> True actual story. True story. Yeah. That might be the title of this episode, A Gay Child Who Lives in the Woods. Yeah. And it's like everything you think about that, that except for like the sexy stuff, that's true. I yeah, I grew up in like a log cabin. And when I say like a log cabin, I do mean a log cabin um, in rural Oregon, Washington County. 
I'm picturing more a Julio Torres child in their wishing well, staring so that, longingly. So, so <laughs> wells, wells for Boys is absolutely the operative comparison here. Wells um, for Boys. Love it. Wells yeah, yeah. for Boys. So I like um, when my other heterosexual male friends would play basketball, I would sit in the window of their house and teach myself the piano and watch them play basketball. Oh my God. And eventually I learned how to play and I got... P- Piano or basketball? <laughs> Certainly not basketball. Okay. Um, Good cue. And I got a piano of my own, and I uh, would just like plunk away in my log cabin every day. And my dad, at a certain point, sort of, I held him at gunpoint at a Barnes and Noble and made him buy me this enormous, thick volume of Broadway songs, like classic musical theater songs i'm probably like 11 at this point wait hold on You're, that was a metaphorical gun wasn't it i don't know yeah, we're in the woods that was a metaphor this is a cultural moment where fiona just does not trust americans no. so she's like wait a minute you're american does that mean you actually yeah. had a gun and held it on your father so yeah, i think yeah, that's totally where, I mean, we've already happening? established this is yeah, yeah this is little red riding hood with guns obviously i'm playing it <laughs> yeah you think a little differently in rural oregon so I, I want this, this this book of Broadway songs, and I learned them backward and forward, poorly, obviously, and often just the melody line, but I learned them. Um, you taught them all to yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it was Aww. hundreds and hundreds of pages, and so like, they were always rattling around in my brain, and I think it was the summer between sixth and seventh grade when I was 12, and... I was just like messing around. We also didn't have high-speed internet in this log cabin. Uh And so I was messing around on Microsoft Word and I like had the clip art of two hearts in the middle of a page. And then I, I drew a crack down each of them with little lines and i was like that's so sick i'm that's so deep what i just did you little emo baby (laughs) in blue comic sans above it just typed hatred comma a musical and i was like this is (laughs) going to be huge this is it hatred (laughs) hatred comma a musical You know, when Uh, I think of hatred, I'm not sure the emoji that comes to mind is the heartbreak emoji. I feel like aesthetically, that's just an interesting choice for you to see heartbreak. Be like, I'm going hard here. Oh, yeah, I'm going all in. The the other thing was I was like, okay, cool. I have been listening all day to what is this feeling from Wicked, um, which is it's Glinda and Alpha being like, we hate each other. And so I was like, cool, opening image, a bunch of people come out on stage, they stand back to back, and they all really hate each other, and they sing this song from Wicked. And I was like, cool, now we're cooking with gas. And I yeah. did set this this musical up as a quote. This is the, I believe the subtitle is, a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet told through a collage of hit Broadway songs. Okay, uh, wait, this was brilliant. your subtitle at age 12? Uh-huh. A modern yeah. Hatred, retel- comma, okay. a musical. A modern retelling of... Yeah, a modern of- retelling of Romeo and Juliet uh, told through a collage of hit Broadway songs. And it's like the editor in me now says retelling told, like a little redundant buddy, but we let it slide. Crucially, when 
all was said and done, Hatred and Musical had very little to do with Juliet. It, as a quote-unquote modern retelling, uh, goes about as deep as the, the family's last names being Montgomery and Capuline, which is a real, a real fascinating. Oh, I see what you uh, did there. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. were you afraid of intellectual property rights at age oh, Yeah, I heard. I heard William was very litigious, and I just decided to back off. Um, Fair. You don't want to take him on. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. So I think it amounted to about eighty pages. I like wrote it over the course of the summer. Like it was a two act, like wow. multiple timelines. And it's about like a it's about like a rich boy who uh, falls in love with a poor girl, but then his mom's like, no, 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 you have to marry this like rich snobby girl. And then mm. the rich snobby girl gets snubbed, so she kidnaps both of them and then tries to murder his mom. But then yes. instead, the rich snobby girl and her mom um, get killed while while people are singing the music of the night from the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Things are coming together for me now. So I many. mean, <laughs> as if it could not get any more emo, and then you add the music of the night from Phantom of the Opera. It yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, artistically, I am backing every decision here. So, so yeah. So I was like, this is amazing, right? Like, I'm 12 years old. I'm sitting down there at my at my computer, and I'm like, I am saying so much about what it is to be in love. It's like, I'm closeted. I have, I have never kissed a human being. And like the American theater's hungry for my thoughts on monogamy. Like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, for real. And I so... would like go to my neighbor's house and they had a, like a very masculine father uh, who was also like chopping wood, much like mine. And I remember like telling him about it, being like, so I'm actually working on something pretty big. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and him kind of being like, hey, oh, Mr. like doing his Johnson. best, yeah, <laughs> doing his best to be like, totally, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, beat by beat, going in, and I'm like, and then wouldn't you believe it? I'm pulling in. Where is love from Oliver? Didn't see that coming, did you? Like, just yeah, and he really has like, to react <laughs> to every line because you're like, no, so I'm not like, gonna stop there. Where? Yeah, yeah. I like vividly remember like my friends are have scattered. They're like out hurt. playing in a field. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, please. And I just like it says everything about me. Like when you read it, it's like this is so so what I'm like, this is amazing. I've done I've done something huge. I like get a group of my friends together and I'm like, you guys we're gonna put this on next year. It's gonna be everything and more. Um it doesn't happen, obviously. And then very quickly Wait, 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 do- wait, wait, pause, pause, pause. You Please. tell all your friends we're putting this on, and all your friends are like, "Yeah, what's the reception?" Totally. Yeah, or they're everyone's, like, "Everyone's down." I was like a very, I think at, at that age, um, I'm sure to the to the chagrin of many of my peers, but to to the delight of some, I was very like, "We're doing a project. Like we're gonna make a movie." Like I was, I was sort of organizing. Those and there's not a lot to do in the woods, in fairness. No, it's truly. So I think that like my like dorky little girlfriends were like, yeah, this sounds really fun. Like this is I mean, obviously with the lead fun. for myself. Um, yeah, we would. And done. everyone was of course playing. You know, thirty. It's it's one of those classic texts that you that you write as a middle schooler where it's like the ages are very unclear. It's like okay, so they're in school, but they both also have jobs and they like <laughs> are married. Uh, they're like married and, and they're, they're in yeah. high school. And... <laughs> and it's like they have to decide who they're gonna marry. Like it's they, it's very that. Um, and 
I was like, this is great. This is amazing. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. We don't do it. Obviously, I enter middle school because at my school, elementary school ended at sixth grade. So this junior high was just... elementary school. You wrote this whole yeah. thing in elementary school. At the end, like at the very end of elementary school. And so I go into seventh grade and I'm like, cool, I'm an adult now. I'll go on to bigger and better things. <laughs> and I, do, I, I have do. grown up. <laughs> my like, juvenilia. You're acting like you're going away to the factory every day. <laughs> just like yeah. um, and... I'm like, oh, you know, I, 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 I'm sure this is a relatable phenomenon to many. I was like, well, that was like baby shit. Yeah, and like this, like I distance myself from it and go like, mm-hmm. oh my God, isn't this so stupid? But like secretly I'm so proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I did this like crazy thing. Isn't that like so, so, so stupid? And so that calcifies as like the take on it, right? Like, okay, this is this insane, dumb thing I wrote a long time ago. And then a couple years later, it like, becomes funny because like by the time I'm 16 I'm like Jesus Christ this is crazy that I wrote this yeah because <laughs> um, like this it like everyone in it talks like the way that like a John Green character t- you know, it's like it's like it's like a child's approximation of like adult wit like there's so much of that in it and I read it at 16 17 and I'm like I see the ways this is funny and by this point um, there was no like theater program at my school because we were poor and rural <laughs> and so I had really gotten in with Northwest Children's Theater in Northwest Portland mm-hmm. which like got a shot great yeah. company we love them but one one of my last stories for Portland Monthly was about their move to the, their new space at Thousand Broadway and actually just like some of the friends that I met there in when I was, you know, 15 years ago, like I just went to a club in Bushwick with them last weekend. Like, we're all very close. You know, a lot Aww. of them live in New York City now. It's very sweet. Theater kids but, are um, friends for a lifetime. I know that because truly. now I'm literally in wills to take on my godchildren from my theater crew. So <laughs> that's a gorgeous glimpse into my future. Oh, it'll happen, baby. Um, just wait until you get made yeah. a legal guardian. Woop woop. Um, I've been so excited. Uh, but. It's the best. I, yeah, yes. Anyway, so. I'm so, I'm so relating to this on many levels. Not that I've ever written a musical like this. Mm. Although I did write a movie with my friend Nora Walsh about a prostitute. (laughs) And how old were you? (laughs) When I was probably 13. Totally, uh, About a prostitute and a guy, a teenage American who falls in love with a prostitute. What about prostitutes? I would see that. And, <laughs> and then, that. and the thing is, I thought also thought it was genius. Mm-hmm. And then Pretty Woman came out and I was like, oh, they've kind of ripped Oh, they took it, my idea. Oh, Pretty Woman <laughs> stole my idea, yeah. Julia and Rich snagged it out from under <laughs> But I do think, I think it's like, it is very funny, but I think there's something to this where like at that age, obviously it isn't good, but like us as writers, like we've absorbed stories and media that are like way above our pay grade but we've understood them on like a structural level and like a thematic like we get it because that's what we're gonna do later and like there are other kids who watch it and they're like whatever and they like become science like that some of that filters down into well, us. And so you do write it, and you're like, this is good for a 12-year-old. You have you know the I mean? basic tenets, right? Like, you set up your characters. You had, like, some kind of motive, right? And you mm-hmm. had, you were raising the stakes with the kidnapping. Very <laughs> clunkily, but no, 
ex- and it's like you, the same with the with the film. Like it's like we these are hilarious to look back on, but there is something in them that it's like yeah, there yeah. is that spark that you can see like become your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why a Pretty Woman made so much money, right? Because <laughs> they because they, they stole your so spark. good. What a, so you're 16 and you're looking back mm-hmm. and you're like, oh god, it was so nice to be a child prodigy. If only I had gone with it. No, I just want to know what happens nope. then. Do you convince people to to do it? Do you start recognizing the brilliance of hatred, comma, a musical, colon, a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet, something, something, something? I wish that that was the way that this went. I see the reasons it really is funny because it really, really is funny. Um, There is, I have to call out a scene where um, the rich girl and her mom are talking and her mom decides to tell her the story of how her father died. And it's that immediately after the rich girl is born, the mom is in the hospital and she's really thirsty and the nurse tries to bring her tap water. And then she tells her husband, no, no, I will not drink tap water. I will only drink the finest bottled water. So she sends him across the street to get her water bottle from the car. And then he's the victim of a random shooting. (laughs) I knew there'd be a gun in here somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, so stone-faced. Like, I was writing it, and I was like, God, this is, like, real. Like, everyone is drawing some, some motivation out of this. Like, the pathos yeah. is jumping off the page. Um, and it has some, it's such social commentary at the same time. Totally, yeah. Not, no, the class you know, strata. It's the like, class it, strata. This could be White Lotus season man. three. Fiona, how do you um, feel about, as the only person in this in this chat who's given birth, do you feel as if you would decline tap water and only require the finest bottled water post post having your well, children? Well, I'm just going to say she just had a baby. She's allowed to ask whatever she wants. Okay. Things We're like, really invested in this, Connor, no, as you can I think, tell. And I, I could not appreciate it more. I'm like, this is really funny. And I tell my friends about it. And I'm like, LOL, I wrote this thing when I was like, you know, way, like, oh my God, so long ago. It's like four years ago. That is a quarter and of your life at that age. So that's fair. It, you know, it, it, it is a significant chunk, totally. So I, I like forward it to my friend, Francesca. Um, and then like, you know, that summer we're drunk in her basement and a bunch of us are like, frankly, like, oh my God, Connor, I still have the script. We should read it. Read through it. And we're like, haha, this is so funny. And then... I don't think about it forever. Eight years go by and I'm like, that's a thing I've done every once in a while. I'll call it up or whatever. And then... Did you ever get a little bit worried that that was going to be the last piece of art that you ever finished in your life? <laughs> absolutely. No. Absolutely. absolutely. No. So this, that actually really does tie into this, this next idea, which is like in college, I directed a couple shows. And I was like, good at it? It was like, oh, this is the first thing I've done that's new that I'm good at. And I was like, oh shit, what if I never do anything like that again? <laughs> um, and whatever, like, and throughout college, I went to journalism school at Boston University, but I'm still dipping my toe into theater. I like performed a bunch in this extracurricular theater group and it was very fun. And then uh, I moved back to Oregon um, a little something called the coronavirus pandemic takes hold. Oh, yes, I recall, and, I recall. But a group of people from that children's theater phase of my life, we all started during the uh, coronavirus pandemic, starting very early, every single Friday, we would get on Zoom and we'd watch a bad movie together. It started with Cats, mm-hmm. but 
We watch a movie called LOL, which is so bad. It's a remake of a French film, shot for shot, but it stars Demi Moore and Miley Cyrus. And, like, I'm watching it, and it ends, and we usually, at the end of it, talk about the movie that we've just seen, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so funny. Like, the way that people spoke in this reminds me of this, like, musical I wrote when I was 12, where it's this, like, child's, yeah, this child's approximation of adult dialogue. Um, And Frankie, Francesca, she's like, wait, you emailed me the script to that, like, 10 years ago. And she forwards it on to all of us, and it's, like, 11 p.m., maybe it's 1 a.m., we're all kind of drunk, and we're like, should we read it right now? That'd be fun, right? And then we're like, I don't know, I'm tired, like, and then we all kind of go to bed, and then we wake up the next day, and we're like, okay, it's April 2020. We're like, what if we, like, really staged it? What if we assigned roles? Yeah, cast that like that. And we're like, what if we, like, got costumes? And what if we, like, did it for, like, our family and friends? And everyone's like, totally, totally. And I was like, yeah, and it would be so funny if we, like, I don't know, like, created, like, virtual backgrounds, like, for the set. And I was like, yeah, LOL. (laughs) And then we're like, well, how would we tackle the music? I guess we'd have to take instrumentals from YouTube rips and then each record our vocals individually and then someone would have to compile them all in garage. Obviously. Obviously. That's what we would have to (laughs) do here. I mean, we're all trapped. Right. Exactly. Like we're all gnawing our fucking arms off being like, I wish I had anything to do. This is Um, when we were like flattening the curve, but also completely afraid of dying every single day. And so we're like... What thing can we do to occupy our brains? And also, we are all going absolutely nuts. Stage a musical in your house. Yeah, we decide, like, so it's uh, my roommate, um, my friend, dear, dear friend Jenny and I live together. She was from Northwest Children's Theater. We were in it. Uh, Francesca, who I had sent the script to a long time ago, she lived in L.A. with her boyfriend. And then my friend Alyssa was also home in Portland. So, like, it was three locations. Alyssa's house, my house, and Frankie's house. All zooming in to try to make this happen. And then we decided, cool, we're going to stage it. We're going to, like, do a production of it. We're going to sing the music. We're going to live stream it from Zoom to YouTube Live. We created a fake playbill. <laughs> we like yeah, you did. figured the only time Jenny told, always talks is the only time that she's ever cried about our friendship was when I was interviewing I think Amine, like someone really famous in my in my room, and Jenny was recording her vocals for one of the songs, and I texted her like, "Hey, can you not?" And she started crying. <laughs> oh no! Because it was Aww. like we all took it's this so serious. So serious. Like, it was like this is really funny. This is, but we're like, what if this was the only thing any of us cared about at all? And, uh, and you're like, what if this is the last project like, any of us ever does? Because the world might end. Yeah, and we all, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we all attacked it with that level of like, it was like, we're going to read the lines commitment. seriously. Like, and because, because we were like, we know it's absurd. It is self-evident how funny this is. Like, if we don't need to underline that and be jokey about it, we can just go at this. Yeah, and take um, it seriously. And it was the most fun any of us have ever had. Like, we, we, we live-streamed it on YouTube. I think it's peaked, like, 150 devices, 200 devices. Um, including <laughs> us. Including Both of us. us. We did yes. watch it live. And it was, I'm going to say, maybe the peak of my 2020. Because, I mean... <laughs> it was certainly the peak of mine. It was so good. Because it was just so ridiculous. And it was so earnest. Like, you guys did not pretend so to be like, ha, 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 look at this. You went for it. You were like, hold hold my beer, Patty Lapone. I'm fucking in. 
And one of the amazing things that that, that brings up is that it, we realized as we were sort of getting it together, it was like I created a Facebook group and we were writing up the program because we created a virtual playbill and we were trying to figure out costume stuff. And I was like, oh no, Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday concert stream is on the same night. And we were like, do we move it? We've already sent out the invitations. This is real. And we ended up not doing it. And actually, Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday concert had like big technical difficulties in the first half hour. So a bunch of people who were like, we were going to watch that came to our stream because it was working better. Look at that. Yes. Take that, Broadway. So much has to be said. An award, I think, for the Zoom backgrounds in that particular because that that was the real added visual imagine you an 11 year old child in the woods thinking i'm going to write this play that's going to be staged on zoom what are you even saying during a massive global pandemic (laughs) also what are we talking about here and that kid too there's like it there was this person, this music director at Northwest Children's Theater, who's an angel, and who, when we, when I was like 12, 13, he was like a jazz, I think he, he, he's a jazz composer in Portland, um, and he teaches at, I believe, University of Portland, maybe Portland State, um, but in any event, he like took the job very seriously, like treated all the kids as adults, and he really did not want to disappoint him, and he would teach us like complex harmonies and you would stand on stage being like did i get it did i get it did i get it and then he would if you didn't go he'd like lower his head and sigh and go <laughs> like the light would go oh, off of his glasses and you'd be like fuck i fucked it up and he i do kind him, of feel for him though <laughs> in that moment oh no me too and it's like i actually am obsessed with him and i think he made me like a good artist and like a better yeah. like worker in a, but but also like all of us had the little bit of the fear of God and who was in the room. And he was our number one Facebook supporter. Like when oh. we were posting it on Facebook, he was like, I can't wait to come. This is so exciting. Every video oh, I posted, he followed. He came, wait, he came to the cast. Name? His name's Can As Weiss. Yeah, As Weiss. Did um, came to the cast Zoom afterwards. Major. And we were all like, thank you. He was so excited That about is it. so sweet. Oh, I love that. Were you nervous knowing he was watching it? No, because we knew we were bad, right? Like, at this point, none of us are 13 years old and, like, really hoping to, like, make it in the theater. Like, we did have a friend, Melissa, uh, who is on in the show, has a theater degree and is a gorgeous singer. Um, she sounded fantastic. Jenny and Alyssa sounded amazing because Jenny also went to theater school for a semester. Um, and, like, they, like, so was, I think the joke was that between the five of us, there were 1.2 degrees. <laughs> um, and, like, they were genuinely good. The rest of us, maybe not so fly. So it was, it was, like, we, I think we're able to relinquish the idea that we would be impressing this person. And in doing so, there's the lesson. We impressed him anyway. Oh. Ah, oh, I love that. How do you feel about it now? Now you've had even more time. First of all, you review other people's works at Publishers Weekly. Yes. <laughs> like that's what you do for a living. You review people's works. How how do you review Hatred, comma, a musical? Yeah, I would Hold say. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, etc. Uh, I would say that it is. I would say it's precocious. Mm. I would say that yeah. it. Um, it's it's structurally bumpy 
I would say that it shows Bumpy. signs of promise, and I can't wait to see what this writer oh. does next. Um, which, actually, the big the kicker is, after I wrote Hatred in, like, sixth grade and seventh grade, I did start writing a sequel, which is Lost to Time, but it opened in the afterlife. Wow, bold. That. The first <laughs> scene is, like, the two, the two characters that have been murdered are, like, scheming in the afterlife. Um, this is it, amazing. Yeah, what it's what really, was this one called? I don't remember. I just remember Sloth. that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's each of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, I, you know what's I really oh love about God. it is this has come up a couple of times on the podcast. Like when we interviewed Renee Watson, she also wrote her own mm-hmm. screenplay yeah. when she was seven this, this, or in the seventh grade, and you wrote mm-hmm. it. And I just feel like it is such a thing to look at all of us now who went into writing as a career. We always did have it. You had elements of it. And it goes back mm-hmm. to this thing of like encouraging young writers so much. Like even every adult who listened to you or your friends, like that is so sweet and helping make baby writers into adult writers. Yeah, especially. That's in, so true. Yeah, it is so true. And I think that so much of it too is like, if there's a lesson that I look at it now with, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I learned that I like could be a kid and like could be age appropriate because i think there's a there's like a very like in order to like have gravity i had to mimic the adult yeah. stuff i was consuming right like which is so funny and really sweet but it's also like i think a good lesson that i'm still learning and being like oh you don't have to like shoot above or outside of like the box you're in like sometimes the box you're in is okay sometimes like you're actually just 12 and like right about being 12 you know right yeah. what you know you don't need a prostitute it's fine. <laughs> you, you don't, don't necessarily need, need one the other um, thing that i think is a really i remember thinking when i was watching it is so much of the work i do is for other people right when i was watching you guys do hatred you were having so much fun. It was like the most joy I had seen in a while. And I was like, oh, Eden, look, writing can be just for joy. And that is such a thing is we're always Mm -hmm. so caught up in the like, who's gonna consume this? How do I get this out? But like you wrote this Mm -hmm. uh, precocious (laughs) script, (laughs) structurally bumpy, bumpy. promising (laughs) um, bit to just have with your friends. And it was like, such a good reminder. Writing can just be fun. And people and like maybe we should all sometimes write just because it's also fun. I was gonna say that's that's that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard I know. anyone say. I know. Um, I mean I will say as well, going back to an earlier thought, that sometimes when I think of like, oh all the, you know, writers have little baby writers who wrote Hatred the musical. I do I do sometimes also want to tell people who want to write but haven't done that since they were twelve, because sometimes it's intimidating when you hear somebody like Renee Watson going, I've been writing since I was able to hold a pencil, like so much all the time. And you're like, Oh, if I haven't done that, does that mean I can't be a writer? And I find kind of think like it's great if you have done it and you should be encouraged, but also if you're just suddenly deciding at the age of like forty-three or something. I really want, I've always wanted to be a writer and I've never been able to do it. Like, go ahead and do it as well. I suppose that's what I'm thinking. No, I think that's true. And I think that maybe 15 years down the line, maybe you'll be able to perform what you've just written um, on Zoom in the middle of a global disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Dial that back a little bit. Um, In the rise of the machines, maybe then you'll be able to perform for... Uh Maybe the machines will perform it for each other. Or they'll be forcing sort of us to. We'll over. be writing plays for chat GPT. <laughs> Connor, 
We love you and we miss you. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to say. And thank you for joining us, everyone. We will put Hatred and Musical on our website at wecan'tprintthis.com so you will come there to watch this masterpiece. You can read more of Connor's work at connorreed.me and follow him on Insta at connorreed1. Connor, are you still on uh, Elon Musk's Twitter or did you abandon that? No, you abandoned it. Mostly abandoned it. Yeah, I have the account. I have the account and my at is... Oh, yes, I forgot. It's at NBC Smash, which is a a very entertaining other story. But, you know, if you're still on that, if you're still on that place, follow him there. And we are on socials there and Insta at We Can't Print This. And obviously, tell your friends how great this podcast is because we like doing it and we like interviewing our friends. So great. Also, thank you to our producer, Miranda Schaefer, and to Dave Depper for our music. This podcast was recorded at the Writer's Block in Portland. And the biggest of thanks to our third work wife, Rachel Ritchie, for organizing karaoke. Also, I do want to say to the writers of Pretty Woman, I want my money. Fair. And if you're a writer with a great behind the story story, write to us at wecanprintthis at gmail.com. You might get on here. You might get into the next production of Hunger, Comma, the musical colon. Stop <laughs> I there. just want to stop there. Love you, Connor. Love you guys.